everybody. Welcome back to Dazzle Doctor. I am Misty Coper, and with me is Dr. Elena, and we are here to talk to you today about getting a new diagnosis. And uh, I've decided we're going to call this episode, So You Have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I find that vaguely amusing. You probably do not. So we're kind of thinking today about our our friends out there who just found out that they have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and how that must feel. The first thing that everybody that I talk to when I say that I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is you have what? Ehlers-Danlos, what? And I, I spell it for them. So I'm gonna spell it for our group, our, our group of listeners out there today. Uh, it was founded by two guys. I, you know what, I'm not even gonna guess at their uh, where, they, where they were from, but I do know that it was north, and I do know that it's cold. So when you hear the spelling of their names, that will become apparent to you. It's E-H-L-E-R-S hyphen capital D-A-N-L-O-S. So founded by Dr. Ehlers and Dr. Danlos, and uh, founded, doesn't sound like a building, doesn't it? Um, these two doctors... Covered. Categorized. Categorized. Thank you. And, uh, and that's Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And to talk to us about what that means medically, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Elena, and she'll give us more information. Dr. Elena? Hey, everybody. Um, so the basics of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is that there is a change in the collagen production of the body. It has multiple implications in how your body functions, um, and there's a ton of comorbidities that go along with it. I don't want to get bit into too far into the, the physio- physiological changes that it can cause um, in this episode, but just to kind of give you a basic overview, it, it does so much to where your body just needs to learn how to function properly. It, is, it makes your muscles hold your body together because of that lack of collagen production. Your ligaments are, are lax. Your joints are floppy. Your muscles are spasming because it's trying to hold your body together. And it wears your energy down. Um, and, I mean, these are just the basics of, of kind of what I see in the clinic uh, that are pretty consistent across the board. Um, you know, there, there are so many things on how it affects the vascular system, how it affects your GI system, and, and just how you function and move on a daily basis. Um, it's a genetic disorder. It's, there's a mutation at some point along the, the GNA, DNA strand that creates the perfect storm for this to be present in your body. And you've always had it. Um, you know, if you're just finding out about it, it's not that there's anything new for you, for your body, um, but it does help kind of label and categorize what you feel every day on a daily basis. So then that way you have an answer as to why and what's going on. Rarely do people have 30 different things going on, but it feels like that every day. Um, and, and it's hard for doctors to put a finger on it, you know, when you're looking at things clinically and especially as the medical field, we kind of spread out into this specialization kind of platform where doctors really specialize in different things. So they're focusing on that piece. With with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, you have to look at the whole person. You have to put all the pieces together to be able to manage it effectively. Um, 
And it's really important to actually be successful in managing things to make sure that the person actually feels better. So that's kind of the basics of, you know, what we're going in. We're going to go into more detail as we go along, but I'm going to kick it back to Misty. Since she has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, she's going to give you some more of her personal experience with it. And then, you know, we're going to kind of talk through kind of the approaches that we've come together to find are pretty successful with managing it at this point. Thanks, Dr. Elena. That was a great explanation. I think um, one of the things that Dr. Elena touched on, uh, I, I found out I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome because I had a wonderful pediatrician um, back in a very small town where I'm from who just happened to know what it was. Uh, this is, I don't want to give my age away, but we'll just say it was uh, barely before the 80s. <clears throat> <And> <laughs> Uh, actually, it was. It was in the age. Don't giggle at me. <laughs> I was already uh, a child. So, uh, and he said, I think your kids, he told my mom, I think your kids have uh, something called Ehlers Danlos syndrome. And when she asked him why, he said, because I've made enough money putting stitches in your children that I've built a new wing on my house. <laughs> he was joking, but we, we were uh, definitely in, in the doctor's office a lot. So, I've known that I've had this uh, all my life, but although he was aware of what Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome was, uh, back then there was almost zero. I, he, he told me I would never meet another person who had it. Uh, he was mistaken. I've met literally hundreds, if not thousands of people, both virtually and in person who, who have it. But uh, I think at that time he was more educated than anyone I met for the next at least decade and a half of my life. Um, so I spent the first, you know, 20 years of my life very much in the dark about what Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome was and what it meant for me. And it's very important for me that the next generation that's coming around that has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome um, doesn't spend their lives that way. I'm, I'm really glad that we are, you know, doing this podcast, um, just thinking about all of our folks out there who are now just learning that they have it. Maybe I see a lot of people online who talk about, I just found out that I have this thing called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And they, you know, as, as we all would, they go out to Google and they, you know, want to know more. Maybe there are doctors much like mine. They know that they have it. They, they think that they have it. They look at them and they say, oh, I, I think you've got this, or maybe you do have this, or maybe they even tested for it. But they don't go into a lot of detail about what it means for your life. So you go, where do you go? You go to Google. And the unfortunate thing, as with most conditions, uh, is that Google is going to give you a lot of scenarios, some mild and some dramatic. And, uh, and it can be that way. Um, Dr. Elena, did you have, do you have it, right It's there? just very, the, the information out on Google about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is, is just very overwhelming. So I always caution my patients when we have a conversation about if they just found out that they have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome or if I suspect that they have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, I, of course, I always warn them, you know, just be cautious about Googling um, because it is overwhelming. And, and Ehlers-Danlos is a spectrum. There's no, you know, one particular presentation. Um, so you're going to get people very, very mild presentations um, to very, very severe presentations. And, and, you know, it's good to gather information and personal experiences from others that have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, but 
not everything is going to be applicable to you. So just take things and, and understand that you're going to have to filter. You're also going to have to do a lot of education to doctors because there are not a lot of doctors that are familiar with it enough in its intricacies on how to manage it from their perspective. Um, you know, and I know that's one thing that Missy and I have talked about so many times is that, you know, she gets, has to do so much education to her, her doctors and things like that, which she can continue on telling you that, but just be cautious about the Google side of things, um, you know, and make sure that you try to talk to somebody that can see you for you and how you present to be able to give you a little bit more clear picture on what to expect. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, you know, as with everything, Google can be your friend, but it can also present you with a bunch of scenario, nightmare scenarios, we'll call them, right? Like you can, and I, to be honest with you, I've had a few nightmare scenarios with my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and I've seen many people online and personally, I, I know personally several people who have had their own nightmare scenarios. So yeah, they do exist. They are out there. It's true. Um, there are also many people who, you know, have maybe we would call them milder, like mid-range, um, pain, fatigue, uh, those kinds of, you know, symptoms, which are, are uh, certainly valid, uh, painful, um, all, all of those things. When, when we're talking about, you know, these nightmare scenarios, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to diminish the pain and the fatigue and the the wearing down and all that kind of the exhaustion, all those kinds of things that go along with even the minor um, uh, symptoms. But uh, when you when you do go out and you and if and when you go out and Google, if you have a loved one or you yourself have um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, just don't let Google be your only source of information. And I think something else that Dr. Elena uh, touched on is that your doctor may have a portion of information on Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome or a textbook uh, answer for you, but they may not have a holistic vision of, of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and getting a real holistic look at what it means for your body and what it could mean for you um, is, is really important. So having a team that can look at your entire body is something that I missed out on for the first several decades of my life. I, I didn't know what kinds of doctors I needed, what kinds of doctors I wanted, and that's an episode that we have planned down the road. What kinds of doctors do you maybe want to include in your medical team? Um, who do and it does take a team. It does take a team. It, it's, it takes a village to raise an, a zebra. It really <laughs> Um, and I, you know, I also want to point out that although we're, we're going to talk a lot about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome on this podcast, just because that's, I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, uh, that's how Dr. Elena and I met, um, so that's just kind of, you know, our natural organic place to sit. A lot of what we're going to talk about would apply to people with all kinds of chronic illness, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, lupus, MS, Marfan's, um, there, there's just a litany of, of chronic conditions and uh, uh, invisible illnesses out there that, that the kinds of things that we do for my treatments uh, and, and other treatments for other patients that Dr. Elena has that would apply here as well. So I hope our friends out there with other chronic illnesses will stick with us 
Um, and I, I think the, the biggest thing that I want to say to people out there who are newly diagnosed with any chronic illness and in, including Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is don't panic. Um, I know the diagnosis might be new to you, but as Dr. Elena said earlier, this is something that has been with you. Your symptoms may be perhaps becoming more annoying to you. They may be increasing in severity or, or things along that line. That may be why you're seeking more medical help or why you're pushing harder and harder for answers, why you're becoming more frustrated, why you're not getting the answers that, that you believe are necessary. Um, one thing I wanna say to you is if you know there's something wrong and your doctors are telling you there's nothing wrong, but you know there is, just don't quit. Keep advocating for yourself. If you're in a situation where there aren't a lot of professionals around who can help you, go outside of your town, go to a bigger town, find a bigger pond to swim in, find bigger fish, bigger doctors, like bigger city doctors who can, who can help. Um, that's what I've had to do. I've had to just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. I live in a small town. I've had to go outside of my small town to find doctors who are more familiar and have more patients with a more diverse um, array of what they're bringing to, to these doctors. So the, the doctors in the bigger cities, they just get a more diverse patient population. And in so doing, they become more aware of rarer. Um, and we know now at this point, by the way, for those of you who are new to Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, it used to be thought to be an extremely rare condition. And now, just in the past, say, decade, maybe even half decade, we've learned that it really isn't as rare as people once thought it was. In fact, a lot of people have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and we are learning that now. And doctors should be a lot more aware of it than many of them are. So uh, it is, you know, up to us to hold them accountable to become familiar with it. Dr. Elena? And so the other thing is, is that touching on the bigger city doctors and things like that, like, granted, I'm not in a big city. Um, so sometimes you do find a diamond in the rough, which is perfectly great. Um, but being able to see, you know, a doctor that gets that diverse population, they're able to problem solve a lot better, too, because they're able to kind of think out of the box, they get creative, they start, you know, kind of meshing different strategies together because, again, it's a spectrum. Some things work for some people and some things don't. And it, it could be the very same problem, but everybody's body responds differently to treatment. So having that more diverse um, population will help with their problem-solving skills and, and their, what I want to say, like their uh, adventure side of being able to step outside of their comfort zone. Because um, there's a lot of traditional doctors that aren't willing to explore the non-standard type of treatments um, to address some of the symptoms that you guys are dealing with. And, and you know, that holds you back because if they're, if they're not willing to explore those options that may be beneficial, they're not managing your care very, you know, in a, very effectively. Um, so being able to find somebody that's willing to explore you with you as a team, not as a doctor saying this is how it goes, um, that's the kind of doctor you, you want to be a part of your, of your medical treatment team. Yes, I think that is, uh, that's right on. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to backpedal just a little bit because you're absolutely right. Uh, Dr. Elena is in a small town. 
I found her in a, you know, kind of a medium-sized town. Um, and after a very hard work, a lot of, <laughs> lot of frustration. <laughs> and now I cling to her with claws, telling her she cannot leave me. I'm sure those of you who are listening who've, had, who've known that you had Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome or any chronic illness for a long time, you understand what I'm saying when you find that person um, who, who does get you, who can, you know, just see, who, who just understands, who believes you when you, when you tell them, I hurt here, and they, they look at you and maybe they don't see the problem immediately, but they believe the problem without any further argument or discussion. It's just the relief is, is unbelievable. The relief in finding a doctor like that is is overwhelming. It's such a relief. Um, so I really encourage you, like Dr. Elena said, to find a doctor who wants to work with you as a team collaboratively, mm-hmm. and not one who just, uh, you know, as as Dr. Elena said, wants to sort of uh, talk at you rather than talk with you. One who will spend the time to um, to listen to you, to hear what you have to say about how you feel, and not just take a glance at you or a brief look at you and say, well, you look fine to me. There's a very famous um, saying, well, you don't look sick, right? You don't look sick, therefore you must not be sick. And uh, we, we uh, in, the, in the Ehlers-Danlos community, we talk about that a lot. You don't have to, quote unquote, look sick to have something going on with you. And when you find a doctor who does not subscribe to the you don't look sick theory, um, it's valuable. It's really valuable. Hang on to that. Talk to that doctor. Mine that vein of gold. And I think the other thing that, that really impresses me about my relationship with Dr. Elena is uh, she hadn't heard of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome when I started working when she started working with me or uh, I'm, I'm sorry I, I don't mean to speak that's correct no that's correct I did I was not familiar I, I had heard it in school like as a brushed over topic kind of. um and it was just like this is you know a thing out there and you're like okay and we're moving on because again it was still not still not as seen as as a Prevalent. major player like it does like in the in the physical therapy world it's not as, me- as much of a major player as stroke you know orthopedic conditions things like that so it, it was brushed over in school um and then you know for me again being in a smaller ish town um when when misty finally found me um you know my philosophy has always been if there's nobody else providing that service or, or able to help a, a patient in, you know, a certain thing, then I want to be that person. I want to seek out that education. I want to learn about it. I want to be able to be a resource for people because in the smaller-ish towns and, and even medium-sized towns, um, you know, it's hard to find those those resources. And so being able to you know, self-educate and, and provide something a little bit closer to home for people is, is important. So to me, at least. Yeah. And so what, what really impressed me about Dr. Elena is after she heard of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, after we talked, um, I, I didn't expect anything different, except I knew she was a great physical therapist, but I didn't really expect too much. 
and she told me that she was going to go to an Ehlers-Danlos conference. I, I was blown away. I've never had a doctor do anything like that on my account before, if you want to say that. Um, so she did. She went to an Ehlers-Danlos conference and came back and told me what she'd learned, and she was enthused about it. So uh, the curiosity, the tenacity, the perseverance, the drive, the creativity. Every time Dr. Elena and I uh, work together, we have some new idea. You know, I come to her con complaining about something. <laughs> Which, by the way, I really have a hard time complaining to my doctors about symptoms that I have because I, you know, I kind of gave my age away earlier. I just, I've been through this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I know many of you can relate to this. Many of you in the chronic pain arena can relate to this. You, you complain about something so many times and no one can really do anything where they try and whatever they give you is just sort of a standard thing. For example, let's just say maybe they give you a brace because you have muscles in your forearms that are overused, they're overtired, they hurt, so they give you a brace. And you're like, mm, that's super. Because that's what you give to everybody who has fatigue in their forearms. And you know what? Guess what? It didn't work. It doesn't help. But what, they don't know anything else to do for you. So, yeah. And it just kind of fizzles off, away and dies off. And the doctor looks at you with this expectant, well, did it work? And you almost feel bad telling them, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, oh I, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's so much. Yay. You know, um, but Dr. Elena and I are not like that. If she gives me something that doesn't work, I look at her and go, no, it didn't work. It's right. And I, th and I also tell, tell Missy is like, you know, and, and for everybody out there is that when you find a doctor that you do trust that is willing to work with you, complaining to me is not complaining. It is data collection. It is <laughs> getting my information to make sure that I have all of the, all of the, the data points and the, you know, the pieces of the puzzle, because otherwise I'm not addressing everything. And like I said earlier, you know, it's, you have to look at the whole person. It's not just, you can't piecemeal this together and manage it effectively. It just doesn't work. So you know, telling me everything that goes along with it. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit in a, in a second about how many different systems Ehlers-Danlos can affect and, and change in your body. It's not just the, the, you know, more obvious orthopedic stuff. I mean, there's internal things that go on in your body. And, you know, as a physical therapist, people, you know, initially don't think that I need to know about <laughs> their thyroid issues or their GI issues or their, you know, urinary issues and all of these things. And I'm sitting there going like, I want to know those things. I want to know what's going on with your body because especially as a, as a PT, I'm trying to provide you a prescription on how to move and how to move well and how to tolerate movement. And when I don't know all of those other things are going on, my prescription may be too much and it, it, you know, energy conservation is a big piece of it. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there. So when you're, when you find somebody that's willing to work with you, just don't be afraid to tell them everything, which takes time. <laughs> just throw it all out at them. I remember I was having trouble with my vision. I'm still having trouble with my vision. 
I thought I was just getting old, which I'm sure is, <laughs> I can't say that it isn't, but uh, it also turned out that I had convergence insufficiency and you were the person who uh, identified that. Uh, you may not have convergence insufficiency. I can't remember if you did or if you didn't, but at any rate, you uh, identified it for me. And then I knew there was actually something maybe I could do about it. And I have, and my vision has improved. It's not great, but it has improved. So it's, you know, I, I just never would have thought to even bring that up to somebody. Mm -hmm. So when you have a doctor who can identify those kinds of things, it, it really can be a game changer. Obviously, you know, to Elena's earlier point, there, there's no cure, at, at least right now, for Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It's genetic. It's, you can't change your, your genes. So yeah can't do that. It's symptom management. And I think, I think that's a nice segue into what Dr. Elena wants to talk to us about next. So I'm going to turn it over. Okay. So in terms of me being a physical therapist and, and managing patients with, with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, and I'll probably switch back and forth and say EDS a lot. So if I say EDS, that's Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Um, you know, it, it's traditional physical therapy is not ideal for EDS patients. Um, there are certain things that traditional physical therapy will be very effective for, um, you know, short term, but as a holistic approach, um, the, the traditional physical therapy approach doesn't work because when you go into a physical therapy clinic, they focus on, you're like, I come in and I have shoulder pain. And, you know, so the, the physical therapist is like, all right, let's address your shoulder pain. And this is something that Misty and I have learned and developed over the years is that, you know, we could be working on the shoulder at the time, but then all of a sudden Misty's like, oh, you know, I tripped and I sneezed wrong or something. And now I have my hip is out or my rib is stuck or my ankle is, you know, something. Um, and so then when you look at the traditional physical therapy business model is that insurances don't allow you to just flip back and forth with what you're addressing because with Ehlers-Danlos every day is a new day every day there's something different presenting you and what my approach is is that it teaches you how to dial in that lifestyle management to wake up in the morning do your systems check of okay where am I hurting how am I feeling what is my energy and then know how to anticipate planning your day without it creating a huge crash for you at the end or severe pain because you push yourself too much. Cause you're like, Oh, it's a great day. But then you get all this cleaning done, you do all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, the next four days you're laying up in bed because you overexerted yourself. So my approach to physical therapy is to really make sure that we are working together to find the best strategies for you to be able to read your body and anticipate how to manage that every day um, as a lifestyle management, so you know how to navigate it, giving you the tools to address, oh, I do have ankle pain today. How do I handle that? Because it, it, realistically, you can't run to the doctor every day that something comes up because you would be there every day. And who's got that kind of time? So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're, you're, you got, you know, the, the EDS population is already in the doctor enough. So training you how to, to navigate that is really, really important. And again, you have multiple systems going on. So having the traditional PT of, okay, I need you to do five different exercises three times a day, every single day, you know, it doesn't work. Um, and again, 
if you're coming in for your shoulder pain, but then something else becomes a priority, that needs to be addressed because your body needs to be able to function. Movement patterns are a big issue because your body is trying to hold you together. So compensation methods of how you move your shoulder and, and, and if something else is tweaked in the system, it just throws the whole domino effect in and, and things start to break down. I just want to put that out there for everybody. Um, you know, and being able to approach this where we can actually keep your body functioning. I use a lot of manual techniques. Um, I got a lot of tools in my toolbox in terms of how to address myofascial restrictions and spasms and pain and that kind of stuff. Because what it boils down to is making sure that your body can, can maintain a homeostasis level as best as it can without the fluctuations because the huge fluctuations in, in your tolerance, your pain, your energy, it, your body is slower to recover than people without chronic illnesses because it's burning so much energy just to function day to day. So you're slower to recover from things, you know, even just like a common cold or, you know, any kind of blip in the system is going to make you slower to recover. So making sure that you can manage those huge hills and valleys to be a little bit more flat is, is going to keep you at a better place in terms of managing your pain, being able to function, knowing what you can tolerate doing when it comes to social activities, you know, work, all of that stuff. And we're going to get into an exercise and we're going to get into all of that, you know, in future episodes as well. Um, because there's so much detail to talk about with, with all of these topics. And so that's one piece in terms of the, the traditional th physical therapy aspect of it. And the other piece that I want to talk about is that there are so many systems that are involved. You have your, the obvious musculoskeletal system. So you get the orthopedic problems, the joint pain, the muscle spasms, the sprains, the dislocations, the subluxations, all of those things. you got nerve issues. So the nerve pain is higher, the elasticity is, you know, more, so you're more likely to irritate nerves. Um, the vascular system, you know, you, you get more swelling, you get more, your heart rate and, and blood pressure regulation is, is, needs to be monitored closely. And then again, GI issues and, and digestion stuff, uh, thyroid issues are a big one that I see as a really big comorbidity vision stuff, dental stuff, jaw stuff, like all of these things play a role. And one that is not as much of a physical thing is anxiety and social, emotional, behavioral stuff. Um, granted, not my scope area, but it does play a huge role in, in being able to function every day. I mean, people get depressed because they can't move as much as they would expect themselves to move. And especially as People get older and things progress and become more complicated. Um, Talking about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then there's anxiety because you never know, you know, people, I've seen people that are afraid to go out because they're worried that something's going to happen while they're out and they're not going to be able to make it back home or they're not going to be able to tolerate going to different events and, and social gathering. And now, right now, social gatherings is not, probably the priority for most people. Um, but, you know, I mean, just being able to, to engage in, in that piece, you get so much anxiety and the anxiety of not knowing when something's going to happen. 
How bad is it going to hurt? What's safe for me to do? All of that stuff plays a huge role in, in being able to manage chronic pain and, and Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome as a, as a medical professional that needs to be looked at all of that stuff. So that was a little bit of a rant, but you know. <laughs> you brought up some excellent points. I took some notes because I, I think some of these are going to make great episodes in themselves. We can, you know... Dr. Elena mentioned earlier, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is so individualized. Uh, she mentioned a lot of things that can happen to a person. Uh, some of them are things that I deal with. Some of them are not things that I deal with. Some of them are things that I've only recently started dealing with. So, uh, you know, I haven't, I didn't deal with them while I, when I was younger, um, in my childhood or in my teens, my, my 20s, I didn't deal with a lot of the things that I deal with today. It can change, it can fluctuate. She said it's a spectrum, and it's not necessarily a spectrum that you stay steady on. So just right. because you peg yourself at a place on the spectrum in, say, when you're 15, you may not peg yourself at the same spot on the spectrum when you're 23. You can kind of go back and forth, and, and you may find ways to manage your particular symptoms that work for you. So you could even go back down the spectrum a little bit because you figured out how to manage your symptoms effectively for you. And isn't that great? So we, uh, we want to talk about a lot of different things. Some may not apply to you. So again, I'm going to throw back out there. Don't panic because we, we've talked about a lot of things that could potentially happen. As I talked to you about Google, this is, you know, same, same thing applies. Not all of these things are going to happen to you. Not all of these things are a possibility that could happen to you. Um, all of these things are just things that have happened to some Ehlers-Danlos patients. Some of them have happened to me. Some of them have not happened to me. And also we used the, the word comorbidity earlier. I just wanna clarify, Dr. Lane, I'm gonna actually toss that one back to you to talk about for a second. So yeah, a comorbidity is meaning that your primary diagnosis is the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. The comorbidities are, are different conditions and things like that that typically coexist with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. They are independent of them in themselves because people without Ehlers-Danlos syndrome can also have these comorbidities. Um, they are not exclusive to Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, but what we see is that it tends to um, umbrella under with those Ehlers-Danlos patients is that you have these extra comorbidities that make it a much more complex um, condition to help manage and things like that. So it's when you have multiple things going on, they're not dependent on each other, but they definitely happen together. Great. Thank you. And we're going to go into some more of those in future episodes as well. Talk about some of those. If you couldn't tell, we tend to ramble on about stuff quite long. <laughs> we have a lot of things to say. I think we've stayed fairly professional at this point, but I just want to warn you, we do tend to get silly at times. Um, so if we get a little silly in future episodes, just bear with us. But I think we've talked your ear off enough for this episode, and we've got lots to talk about for future episodes. So we're just going to, you know, we're, we're not going to open the kimono just yet. We're going to keep it closed a little bit, just a little teeny. <laughs> And you can wait for the rest of the episodes for some more good stuff. All right? 
I just wanted to throw out before we close up is that if anybody has any questions, um, any thoughts and ideas or anything that you want us to kind of have a conversation about on our podcast, um, you can email us at dazzledoctor at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook page, right? Sure do. And Misty is the social media expert in the room. So <laughs> I'm going to let her give you all that. But I wanted to make sure that you guys had a way to contact us. We do want this to be interactive. We do want to hear from you. We want to be able to have conversations about real things that are going on in your lives. Um, and again, just being able to kind of shed some light on it from a medical perspective and a personal perspective and, and come up with things and tips and tricks as much as we can help. Um, and through this platform. Yeah, and we are, I'm sure you've been waiting with bated breath to hear some of those tips and tricks, and I'm sorry we didn't really get into any of those today. Uh, we just want to make sure that we've set a really great foundation for, um, for the podcast to get on its feet, and we will get into tips and tricks shortly, I promise. Have a- To be continued. <laughs> to be continued. Have a great day, everybody, and stay safe out there because- it's a jungle, right? All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.